Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Christy Johnson. Are y'all ready for the word? Here we go. No one's tired. We're ready. Passionate, hungry. Mark 6.30 says this, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus, because, then because so many people were coming along and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. So he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. We'll get a lot of rest and quiet here. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place just to get alone. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. Then he said, then they they said to him, they would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all and they all ate. Everyone say all. They all ate, not just some of them. Every single person ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. What a miracle. Can we just talk about this miracle tonight for just a couple moments? The title of my message is Broken Yet Qualified. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the broken pieces today of our lives, Lord. We thank you, God, that you can use those things, God, to to do amazing things, Lord. I I ask, Lord, for these history makers, these world changers, these champions in this room, that this would be an encouragement of life to those that feel down in this place. I just pray encouragement. I release, God. I release your love and your joy in this house. I release your presence and your anointing in this place. I just ask right now that we would get revelation We get refreshed. We get renewed in Jesus' name. I pray for tired right now that you would lift us up in Jesus' name. That your word would just bruise something fresh in our spirits in Jesus' name. Give us new revelation, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shout. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Stir it up. So the disciples... I love this story. Has has anyone heard this story? Yeah. Yeah. The disciples, they go and preach and teach, and and they're going for it like our regional pastors. They're going and preaching. They come back to Jesus, and and, and they say, this is what we've taught. This is what we've done. And they go, they're accountable to Jesus for everything they've done. It's good to have accountability in our life with our leaders and our authority. And he went to Jesus, and they told him all they'd done, and and, and Jesus said, you look tired and you look hungry, so 
so let's just get some rest. We'll go to a quiet place. Nobody will be there. We'll just not tell anybody where we're at. It's going to be a remote place. And, and, and so, so we're going to be quiet. Let's whisper about where we're going. And they got in the boat. And, and, and they went to this mountainside. And before Instagram, before Facebook, before Twitter, before Pinterest, before any of these things, before any social networking, somehow people... Thousands and thousands, multitudes would come and, and run and find out where Jesus was. I don't know how they found out, but they heard about this Jesus and where he would be. And they were so hungry to touch Jesus, so hungry to hear his teaching because it was so powerful and life-changing. People would come from all over and they got there faster on foot than people in the boat. Jesus on the boat. That's how hungry they were for Jesus. And I know there's a hungry group in this room because you pushed through a lot of things to get here tonight. Some of you drove one or two hours to get here. Some of you parked in a weird area where you had to pay a lot of money and there was feces and there was urine on the floor. You, you, you came and maybe you're sitting in these crazy hard seats and you're not comfortable, but it doesn't matter to you because there's people in this room that doesn't care about comfort. You're just ready for God to move in your life. You're ready for more and you're hungry for more of God. There's some hungry people people in this room or you wouldn't even be here. I see you when I read this scripture, I think of fearless. I think of fearless, how you just want to go after God relentlessly. Like you're ready to let go. When pastor talks about giving, you're so leaning into him. You're so leaning into what the word of God says. You're so hungry to grow and be stretched in your faith. Oh, God loves that. God loves that. He loves that. And Jesus just sees all the people and goes, Let's, I should begin to teach something, maybe. So I begin to teach. But the disciples, they were hungry, right? So, so, so they decided they were, they were going to blame it on the people. The people are hungry. So let's go to Jesus and tell them the people are hungry. Jesus, Jesus, I'm not hungry. The people are hungry. I'm going to blame it on them. The people are hungry. Everything's about to close down. What's your favorite restaurant? Uh, ramen? Ramen is closing down. I don't know. Y'all have a cool place. Chili's. David loves Chili's. Disgust. Chili's is closing down. My David's favorite place to eat. And, 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 and we have to hurry and get some food for all these people that are hungry. There's 5,000 people that are starving. And Jesus says something that he always says before he's about to do a miracle. And he says, you give them something to eat. And we have prayer requests, and we give our problems to God. We say, God, answer these prayer requests. I'm praying these things. Answer it. And we don't even realize we're the answer to the prayers that we're actually praying to God. God says, Jesus says, you do something about it. You figure it out. And, and I don't know, understand why they began to give excuses, but they started giving a list of why they couldn't do it and why it wouldn't work out. And guess what? I will never have enough money for that, God. Do you know how many months it would take of my salary to be able to give, to, to be able to provide food for all these people at the grocery store? Whole Foods is real expensive. Sprouts is real expensive. I can't get organic food for all these people. How am I going to do this, God? It, it, it's 5,000 people, Jesus. When the, he didn't ask why. But we give him a list of why it won't work out. And when Jesus wants to do a miracle, when Jesus wants to do a miracle, he always asks, what do you have? What do you have? Because you have the ingredients. 
within your reach for a miracle, for something to take place. You have the ingredients. He said, I want you to go and find some loaves and fishes in the crowd. And somehow we get confused and tell God, no, I, I, I can't do it. These are the reasons why. I don't have the money. I don't have the finances. I don't have the education. I don't have the degree. I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability to do with that. And God's going, no, no, no. I didn't ask you what you don't have. You're telling me what you don't have. I am God. I know what you have. And I realize what you don't have. I am omniscient. I am all-knowing God. The reason I'm asking is because I want you to realize what you have I already know what you have I've already given you the keys and the ingredients can you begin to tell me not what you don't have that's obvious we all know what we don't have what do you have in your hands because God cannot multiply what we do not recognize he goes what's in your hand count the cost if you want to be my disciple you have to give some of yourself correct me am I preaching the gospel correctly you have to give some of yourself. Oh. Count the cost. If you want to be my disciple, you want to be a follower of Jesus, you have to give almost all of yourself. Yeah. Count the cost. If you want to be my disciple, you have to give up everything. Yeah. What does God want? All. What does he want? All. What does he need? All. You want multiplication in your life? He says, give me everything. What do you have? God, I give you my dreams. I give you my hopes. I give you my faith. I give you my commitment. I give you my children. I give you my health. I give you my marriage. I give it to you, God. I give you my finances. I give you my resources. I give you my time, God. I give you my worship, God. I give you my praise, God. I won't hold anything back from you. God, this is what I give you in your hands. It can be multiplied. In mine, it's not multiplied. It just sits there dead, dormant, in the same position years later as it was because I'm holding control of those things. God says, what's in your hand, church? You're totally getting this tonight. Years ago when we, we were like three or four years married and we wanted to buy a house and we were just youth pastors, not making, we were making millions. You know how youth pastors make those millions, you know? We were just rolling in the dough, you know, and we didn't know what to do with our money. So we're like, let's buy a house. What else do we do with our money? You know, we're rich. So we, we decided we got to pray for a miracle house because in the natural, we don't really have the money, but I want to believe that we can, you know, buy a house. We got a little inheritance and let's, let's invest in something. And so, but I don't want just a normal thing. I want a miracle. I want to be able to talk about how faithful he's been in my life. I want to know God as provider. He's been father to me, and I know him as faithful to me, but I actually don't know him as provider for me. I've seen him provide for other people, and they know him as provider in their life, but I never experienced God as provider for myself. So God, I want to know you like that. And so we said, uh, let's, just, let's just begin to pray. And so we just begin to pray. Lord, this is my prayer request. I want a new house. I want a new house just prayed and prayed and prayed no new house happened and nothing really broke through and there's finally one one moment when have you ever prayed and you actually breathe a little bit and you let the holy spirit speak i feel like that's what finally happened i actually stopped asking and asking and and the holy spirit spoke so still and small and gently and he said um why do you expect to harvest yet you've not sown anything and and, and it wasn't profound to be honest i mean i've heard 
You know, there's no harvest without a seed. And if you don't sow, how do you expect God to, to use it when he, you're not putting anything in his hands? But it was such revelation because it was a personal thing for me. And he spoke it to me. And he says, how do you expect a miracle when you haven't given anything? You haven't put anything in the ground for me to, to start and trigger a miracle. And so from that moment, we, we thought, let's just give. And to be honest, it wasn't a stretch. It was just like, I'll just give, you know, something comfortable over and above my ties. And I wrote on the envelope, God, give us a house. We want to, to have a place for the leaders. And we want to have a place for our interns to come. And a really cool house that, that people, we could just talk about you, how good you are and how powerful you are. And, and then there was one Sunday where a pastor came. And at the very end, he goes, there's people that can give thousands right now. And you have been giving, but you've been giving to a place that hasn't been really... Uh, you haven't needed to trust him. It's been comfortable. But God really wants to stretch your tents, and he wants to stretch your faith right now. And so there's something that's going to be uncomfortable for you. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And it was a number that was almost our whole savings account. And it was like, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. No, but Satan will never tell me to give to God, so it's never Satan. Let me just teach you that. If, if it's a big number, if it's any kind of number, it's the Lord. And and so he, uh, this number, I was like, honey, are you ready to give this? Do you want to give this? And it's like this, it was kind of exciting in a way, because like, you have to put him to the test, and now he has to perform. He has to perform and show himself that he's going to take care of me. And And so we gave, and and we said, this is what we want, God. And, and I remember that week, we loved this house. We were so in love with this one house. We were like, put an offer in. So we put an offer in. It went on sale for about 30000 less. So we said, but I want a miracle. I was like, no, no, honey. We're not going to uh, offer them this, what they're asking. We're going to get a miracle. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to go $15,000 lower than, than what they're asking. And he's like, are you sure? I go, no, 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 I'm sure. God's going to do something. So we, we told the realtor, and uh, the realtor called us a couple days later. He says, I, I have some news, and he didn't really do it. He didn't say yes to the $15,000 lower. And, and we go, oh, what happened? He goes, no, it is so weird. He actually decided to give you not $15,000 off the house. He decided to give you $25,000 off the top of the price of that house. Come on. He goes, I don't know what God you're praying to, but your prayers are working. Come on. Isn't God good? What is in your hands? Come on. How many times are we missing out on supernatural, miraculous moments in our lives? because we're not willing to give up the ingredients to the miracle. It's right there in our midst. This is the ingredient that will just start something. It will trigger something. I don't have to go, hey, why are, why are you getting something? No, 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 no. I have to give something myself. You can't give for me. You can't do it for me. He says, I want you to apply your faith, and I want you to stretch your faith. I want you to begin to give. And when you put something in my hands, I can do impossible things in your life and I've experienced that's why I could be so passionate because I know God as that it's hard to do it at first it's hard to, to step out many times but he always shows himself faithful right anybody believe that anybody experienced that has always shown himself faithful there are 5,000 people and theologians would say there's 15,000 they didn't count the the women, come on, count the women, us women, come on, women, where you at? The children, 15,000. 
Do you think out of all 15,000 people, Jesus said, disciples, I want you to go find some, some bread and some fish. I could see him just kind of, hey, everyone. Jesus, is, he needs to feed all 15,000 people. We ain't going home. We're going to feed all of you, but we need your help. We need whatever packed lunch you have, whatever food you have uh, in your purse, in your bags. Look under your sandals. I want to find the bread. I want to find the fish. Whatever you want, get worms out of the ground. We need some food. Do you really think that out of 15,000 people, there was only one little boy that had a lunch to give? I mean, do you think there's really only one little boy that had the three loaves and the two fish, there had to be, there had to be more people that were sitting in that crowd going, oh, I don't know if I should give this. Like, what's going to happen if I give it? I won't have any food to eat. I don't know what, what's going to happen. I, I probably should just hold on to it, not even tell the people I have it. You know, and, and we think, I can give it, but if I give it, it's not going to do everything. And if we can't do everything, we end up doing nothing instead of doing the one thing that will activate the something in our lives. And we see the big problem. We see it as an enormous need. God does ask for everything. He didn't say the little boy needed to feed 15,000, but he did say, I want you to give everything. His everything looked a little bit different than somebody else's everything. But he didn't give one piece of bread. He didn't give two. He didn't just give one. He said, I'm going to give you everything. Here is everything. And guess what? We're talking about this miracle. Years later, it's recorded in eternal history. This little boy who decided to give his whole entire Something to work with. This building, isn't it incredible? This building going to be incredible. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Can't you catch the vision when, when pastor's speaking? I don't know how you can't catch that vision. I mean, he, and, and I love how you guys catch it too. I love how you guys are so in it and you're so excited. This, this church is so amazing. We love you guys so much that when we cast vision, you're so behind it. I'm ready to build. I'm ready to, to remodel this place and, and make a world-class center for, for, to house people all over this city. Are you ready church to see, see the harvest of souls and the harvest of people? I can see it. And and, and, and we have to raise a lot of money, but many of us with this thought, and I've done it too, is, ah, oh, I can't. You know, my dad's done building funds my whole life, and I'll think, how are we ever going to raise that million dollars you need, Dad, for, for the kids' building? And many times I would sit in my seat and go, oh, well, my hundred bucks won't make a dent, right? So because I can't do it all, I think I just won't do anything instead of doing the one thing. That'll be the ingredient if we all did our everything. That hundred dollars is my everything. He says, I want your everything. I want your all. I want you to give me something that will. And you know, that little boy wasn't even counted. I find that God used everybody. He uses the people that aren't counted, that are discounted, that are overlooked in society. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not educated enough. He goes, you just might be the very person that I can use. You've not been counted. That little boy wasn't even counted. That's like God, huh? That's like God. How many parents are in this room? 
I love that this little boy probably didn't pack. I don't think that little boy packed that junk in his lunch. That's disgusting stuff, right? No. His mom or his dad got up in the morning. Oh, what a menial task. Stupid task, you know. Put three loaves of bread, such a weird, weird lunch. They didn't get much sleep the night before. They're doing ministry, very hard ministry. And do you think that they really thought they were packing the ingredients for a miracle? Do you think that they really thought they were doing something that would change the world? And even as a parent, I think sometimes what I do on a daily basis, is that really making an impact? Does that really matter what I'm doing? Is it really a big deal that I pushed through traffic and parents, I pushed through and got to work and I got to church today, tonight, and yes, that makes difference. It's valuable. Everything you do, everything you say, everything, they are watching. And I want to tell you, God is so proud of you for what you've done as a parent, how you're modeling the way. You're imprinting something on their heart. You're writing on the slate of who they are as children. Look at your little boy, your boy that right here sitting in front, and he's here every single week. He might be tired right now, but hey, he knows that I'm going to get to the house of God because my dad puts a priority on my life that I need to be here. And this is first, this is not second. This is, this is amazing what you're doing in, in your kid's life. Sometimes as a parent, you can go, is this really doing anything, you know? Am I doing anything great raising a child? Oh, man. You're raising an incredible world changer, right? You're raising up this next generation of, of revivalists. Keep going. Be encouraged. Don't devalue the seeds. Don't stop praying in your home. Don't stop reading the word in your home. Don't stop worshiping when it gets hard. Don't stop giving to God. Those things are so seen by your children. I love when we are in church, as we worship and we come in, me and pastor, and we get up in the front, we worship it. I love looking at the kids, and I see little Brave and Lyric and I love seeing Lyric and Brave, how they've matured in their little worship. They, they used to kind of like not do anything and look at us like we all lost our minds down here. And, but, you know, even just this morning, we're like pointing up there and Lyric was just like, she was like doing some cha-cha thing and I was laughing. And, and then in worship, she's just lifting up her hands and Brave is starting to do it too. And I don't think that just comes, you know, when you do that, when you begin to worship, they watch that. This is the next generation of worshipers. Wow. So important. It's so vital. Your role is so significant. And they got this, this one lunch, right? And I think the disciples probably got a little bit attitude-y. Like, all right, Jesus, you didn't let me go to coffee. You didn't let me go and get some good food. And now... Look at what happened. Nobody can eat now. Look, we have two little weird fish, anchovy fish that look like eyeballs, and we have three loaves of bread left. Jesus, what is wrong? What were you thinking? Why didn't you just do what we said? Jesus is looking going, look at that. That's actually all I need to work with. I'm not intimidated by the little. In fact, that's actually where I work my greatest miracles is when there is not enough. If there was enough, how, how, this is, this is what makes God, God. The impossibilities are what makes God, God. Powerful and mighty. If I can do it, if I'm good enough, 
If I'm great enough, if I know it all, why in the world do I need Jesus? And I don't bring in my stuff, my impossibilities, because I, in my own time and space, I just, I don't really think, I, I, I don't know, in my life I've thought, it just doesn't click that God can really turn that into something. So I don't even, but God's going, I'm infinite, I'm all powerful, I'm almighty. In your mind, you can't comprehend how I'll do it. But I seem to do it every time and he ends up doing it in a way I could have never predicted or never ever mapped out. He's, he does supernatural things. It's not in the natural. You can't, you can't conjure up how he's going to do it this time. It might be a check on your door or it might be a check in the mail or somebody might come up. You can never map it out. He gives it to you new and different every time and 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 he goes impossibility that's great this is perfect he gave thanks for what was not enough he actually blessed the not enough how many times do we curse are not enough you know gosh I don't like my wife I don't like my husband I don't like my wife I don't like my kids I don't like, you know, my job. No, don't act like you're too good. How many have said, I don't like this. I hate this, actually. And we, because it's not what we expected. We, didn't, we, we thought life would turn out this way, and life would give us these kind of cards, and really it's, it's been totally different, and we, we don't really, we're, we're kind of discouraged. We're kind of angry, almost like a little resentful towards life, and, and we hate on what is actually the ingredients. We've cursed everything that, that are ingredients for the miracle. My family, my, my kids, my finances, and we've cursed it. But what if we turn it around, church? What if we begin to bless those things that we've cursed for so long? Thank you, Jesus, for my children. Thank you, Jesus. Even though they're crazy sometimes, thank you, Jesus, that you're going to do something incredible with their life that are gonna, it's going to impact so many people. Thank you, Jesus, for the home that I have. It may be weird. It may be poop. Pope roommates. But thank you, God, that I have a place to. I look and see how many homeless people we have here. You can't help. If you get unthankful, just go on Skid Road and start seeing all those people so hurting and broken. They don't even have a toilet. They don't even have, you know, we have a good church. We have a good, we are blessed. What if we bless? What if we bless? We're not enough. Instead of cursing, we expect God to bless what we've cursed. But what if you just change it around? Yeah, change it around. How many have grown a little bit, learned a little bit tonight? I'll get down. The miracle of the multiplication began in the breaking. Right when Jesus began to break the bread, the miracle was in motion. The miracle was in action, and the miracle never stopped as he continued to break and break and break. Have you ever felt broken, like totally broken by life, like circumstances, people did you wrong, you felt rejected, you felt neglected, you felt hopeless, you felt like your family's going through a divorce, your parents, maybe you've gone through one. You've just got so much brokenness, and you think, man, I don't know how God could ever use me. I just want to let you know that you are the perfect candidate for God to use. 
Because at the end of the day, people go, they could have never done that with their own life. It has to be God. He could use that broken person. He can use Jeremy Christie from Galt, great American little town, smells like poop there and cows, manure, terrible city. We're fearful, fearful. I mean, both of us paralyzed by fear. For me to speak up here is a miracle. If you knew me 10 years ago, I never craved this stage. Uh, maybe a lot of people crave it, but I was like freaked out by the stage. I mean, you tell me I'm going to do an offering talk. I was like shaking. And many times, like, you know, I don't know if it's the python snake. It doesn't necessarily poison you. It just silences you, just constricts you to where you don't even say anything anymore. I felt paralyzed with this fear. And, but you know, God's turned it around for his glory. And he's using those things to begin to speak through people, not through my perfections, my brokenness, through, through the miscarriage, when I share about my miscarriage in, in my life and what God has done and redeemed. And I, I thought I wouldn't have my promise of my little babies. And, and, and doctors told me one thing and, and then I, I didn't know what to do. I thought, God, are you gonna ever give me this promise? And, but through that, that, that loss, God has redeemed it and he's given me my promises and he's not giving me just lyric. He gave me brave right after. Six months later, I was pregnant with a second one and how God does that. He, he loves to use the broken. It is so powerful. It is so powerful to speak about what God has done in your life and how he's healed your life. He wants to continue to do that. Don't be embarrassed about your past, just take it to God. And he wants to redeem it, he wants to heal it, he wants to restore it so that now you can be, be open and bold about who God is and how powerful he is, not how good I am, but how good he is and how great he is. You're not disqualified, that qualifies you. Isn't that good news? That means we all are pretty happy right now because none of us have had a perfect life. We've all been broken. The greater the brokenness, I've heard this in my life, the greater the anointing. The greater the brokenness, the greater anointing. If you've ever heard somebody sing or they preach, that doesn't come from a perfect life and you feel that anointing, that strong anointing, doesn't come from perfection. It comes from a lot of places of being maybe trampled or hurt or abused, but they've risen up and said, God, I know you've called me to great things. Can we stand to our feet? I want you to grab this lunch bag underneath your seat. We did this in the other services. I love this. And this is kind of your lunch bag, right? This is your little lunch. This is your three loaves and your two fish. And we're going to just sing this song. And you can grab a pen. And um, what I want you to do is right on the outside, I want you to put miracle. And I want you to put what it is that you need a miracle in. Is it your health? Um, is it your finances? Is it in your family? Is it in your, not even immediate family, I mean extended family, and whatever the, whatever the need is. Maybe you're believing for a child. Maybe you're believing for some kind of thing. Maybe you need a job. What is the miracle? And God's saying inside the bag is that ingredient that you need to give him control of. What is it that you need to give him control of? so that he can perform that miracle that you're believing for. For me, it was trust. When I lost Lyric, I, I need to begin to trust and have faith in God that he was gonna do it. I, I, I kind of started doubting. I go, God, I give you control of that. And I, I leave my doubt 
and, and I, God, I have faith in your word and that your promises are true and they're yes and amen. And God, I, I give you my faith. Faith was in the bag. Uh, you know, when we were believing for home, uh, God says, I, I want you to give me what you have in your hands, finances. And, and I put finances would be in the bag for me. I needed to give God control of my increase. What is it that you put? Go ahead and write. Y'all can write the miracle. Even if you've done it this morning, I want you to do it again. Do it again. Yeah, on the outside, you're going to put the miracle that you need. The miracle, whether financial, marital, health, in your mind, in your family, in your body, whatever the miracle is that you're, just, you're believing for. What do you need breakthrough in? What do you need breakthrough in? Yeah, that's it. And then inside the bag is just what you're saying, God, I open up my hands and give you this. If it's, hey, I really need a job. So inside that bag, God, I'm giving you, I'm giving you my finances. I'm giving you trust and control of this. I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I'm going to trust you at your word. Y'all get that. When we start singing, that's good. When we start singing, what we're going to do is I want you just to come up and I want you to lay it at his feet. And as you lay it at his feet, Almost see, treat this as you're laying it at an altar, the altar of God. This is an altar, a place where things come before him. And I want you to come and lay here. I want you just to lift up your hands and go, God, I give you my worship. I trust you in the middle. I trust you in the middle. We're going to sing, I surrender all. That's all it says is, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. So are you ready to do this? Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Lord Jesus, we give you our, our everything. You're not asking for some of us. You're not asking us for hold back, holding back part of us. But God, we release our hands. Our hands are open to whatever you desire of us, God. We give you our dreams. We give you our vision. We give you our hopes. In Jesus' name, we give you everything, God. We give you, God, Lord, even our time, Lord. Maybe we've controlled our time, Lord. We give you that, God. We give you our praise. We give you our worship in Jesus' name. We lay it here, God, and we want to worship you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you're going to bring a miracle. Lord, in your hands, there's multiplication. So, God, we thank you, God. We speak life, God. We speak multiplication in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.